Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that doesn't suck. Now, let's talk tech. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Will Kern from Endless Events here. Welcome back to the Event Tech Podcast. I'm not alone today, though, because I am joined by the cool Brant Kruger uh, yes, I, I'm happy to be the cool Brant Kruger. That guy over there, of course, is the soggy Will Curran, <laughs> I'm afraid to say. I'm feeling a bit soggy after CES and uh, today, for sure, um, and ready, uh, definitely ready to get a little bit more fresh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we started we started uh, 2019 with a look at CES, so it seemed only appropriate that we uh, do so again here as we kind of look at this massive uh, you know, consumer electronics show uh, starts us out right at the beginning of the year. And I think like we did last year, um, it, you know, we can start looking at the trends, we can start looking at the stuff, we can start looking at the toys, the shiny, shiny, and start, you know, figuring out, okay, how is this going to impact our lives? How is this going to impact our events and meetings? And uh, is it, in fact, going to impact our meetings and events? So I thought it would be a great way for us to kind of start the new, uh, the new year as well, just like we did last time. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm super excited. This is probably one of my favorite episodes of the year because uh, we just get to talk about our cool All stuff. The that we saw. All the toys. All the toys. Toys, All the toys, 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 toys. So obviously, obviously, the number one news coming out of most CES important this thing, year, the most, most important, the most dramatic, the one that's going to impact our lives the most is, of course, the robot by Charmin, uh, the robot that brings you toilet paper when you run out. Uh, clearly, according, because it was mentioned in basically every single article that was written about CES, it must be the most important thing that happened. <laughs> Absolutely the most important thing. You know, all these other technologies, episode done. Yeah. Charmin Robot, congratulations. You get the Event Tech Podcast Award. Thanks so much for listening. It's year. been great. Uh, we'll talk. We'll see you all next year. It is kind of funny, though, that we're, we're starting to see now this trend that, you know, the media, it, and I, I'm not even lying, it's literally whatever is the first thing to the door in the door to the right. So understanding <laughs> that power of the trade show, that power of location in a trade show, um, you know, which, you know, those of us in, you know, in our industry have known that for a while it's amazing to me to see i'm not even kidding almost every article that i saw about ces mentioned this stupid robot that brings you toilet paper <laughs> because it was the first thing on the floor to the right it's like how yep. how lazy is that uh, as far as reporting goes i guess yeah, I mean, I think definitely uh, it's really interesting, too. I think we may have talked about this a little bit last year, too, in addition to the first thing to the right, but also just how, like, it kind of becomes a little bit of a silo that people report on it, and then they all just talk about the same thing. But you really kind of have to be willing to dive deep into all the things. And same way, I think, if you're attending the show, to go into the small halls, see all the weird things um, to see. Because, like, for example, I'm looking down the 2020 Innovation Awards, and I haven't seen articles on probably half this stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know, the top 10 things are always from the big manufacturers, the big things happening. And, you know, I'm wondering if it has something to do with too, like this idea that it might be something that comes to market and so more likely to come to market. So therefore gets the news in some ways. Well, and that's the thing, this thing's never coming to market. They're never going to, there's this, this, or at least not anytime in this form way, you know, way for shape or form in this form, you know, it's, it, it where does it live in your house? How do you re, you have to remember to restock that? Well, if you have to remember to restock that, you might as well remember to restock the TP underneath the counter, right? <laughs> it's it's like such a ridiculous thing. But it, it brings up a, a really good point, Will, that, that 
you know, is this stuff for the market? I mean, or is this, you know, kind of show where it's become like an auto show where it's these concept cars, right? Where we're, and there literally were concept cars. Like is Sony's not going to release a car. You know, <laughs> that's one of the things that came out of this is Sony, you know, has this like concept car uh, that, you know, it's all LED lit up and electric and EV and, you know, cool stuff like that. But Sony's not going to release a car. No, not at all. Yeah, I think <laughs> you bring up a super duper solid point that like this year, I remember people more explicitly than last year being shocked when things were actually going to come out. Like, and like in all those, we're like, and guess what? Look at this thing. And guess what? You're actually going to be able to buy it. Let's dive into it. You know, and, uh, you know, or like a lot of times too, like I saw announcements coming out and they didn't even have release dates attached to it. So they were like, and we don't know when this is coming out and uh, we'll let you know uh, at some point. You know, did they announce the fold at CES or was it just there last year? Oh, the Samsung I like, Fold? I feel like it came... I feel like there was a CES connection. I should have looked that up before the show. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like uh, that uh, last year we started to see the folding things. <laughs> yeah, it says, it, says fe- it says February, which if I remember right, it had its own event. Yeah, um, yeah. maybe right around it to kind of catch some of the buzz. Yeah, it's tough because like... So, for example, it was unveiled on February 20th, but then it, it came out in May to all those initial reviewers, but actually came out in September you know, everything like that. So, but yeah, I don't think it was here, but maybe folding tech, uh, you know, it might've been, um, shoot, I'm forgetting the name of it, but there was a precursor to the fold called the, like, it, maybe Yaomi made it. Yaomi, like, oh, flex yeah, pod. Oh yeah, Yaomi had something that was foldy. Yeah. It's like a flex pod, I think it was what it was called. And that actually got announced at CES and came out faster than the fold did, but it was like really poor quality. People didn't like it, but I think that was the first folding screen that we saw as a demo for something to buy. And that was at CES last year, I believe. And so, I mean, to, that trend definitely continued. So as, as we started to see these devices l- actually being released, uh, folding things were, were definitely uh, one of the big trends uh, that we saw at CES this year as well. Yeah, and can I talk about probably my favorite folding device that yeah. uh, is definitely making the headlines? Um, so um, a couple months ago, uh, Lenovo demoed in a private event their ThinkPad X1 Fold. Uh, I just really wish people could come up with better model names and this stuff, but that's not as <laughs> just bad. Just rolls as the, off the tongue, doesn't it? The, Sam, uh... the Samsung Galaxy Fold, bezel-less, you know, anything. Um, but Lenovo um, announced a laptop that was basically like a 17-inch laptop that folds up into a 13-inch laptop, or sorry, 17-inch tablet that folds up into a 13-inch laptop. If it doesn't make sense to you, just Google the Lenovo ThinkPad X1. We'll link it into the show notes as well, and probably include some pictures and that sort of thing. But it's it's pretty neat. Um, my favorite part about it is, you know, you might be thinking to yourself, well, how all laptops fold? Well, basically, it's a big, gigantic screen. You can bend the screen in half. You might be thinking, well, what's the point of that? Well, then you can use an on-screen keyboard at the bottom half of the screen and still swipe up. But then they also came out with that really cool, clever keyboard that overlaid over on top of it and turned into this really book small, book-sized laptop. I just thought it was so cool and just showing that. Folding screens are coming um, and improving in so many different ways. Am I remembering correctly that one of the devices that Microsoft uh, previewed a while back was another foldy screen with the flippy over <laughs> keyboard thing? Yeah, I think uh, the or Neo. Or am I thinking of the, this the, Lenovo? I, I, I think the Neo at the Microsoft Unpacked event where they announced the folding, the folding, not the folding screens, but the 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 dual screen devices. I think that they also demoed that idea of the keyboard laying on top. Of it. Maybe that's where Lenovo stole the idea and came up with that, came up with it, or vice versa. Yeah, and I know, I know, this year at um, uh, you know at CES 2020. 
uh, Intel was show, sh- showing off kind of a reference laptop uh, that mm-hmm. they called the Horseshoe Bend. Um, uh, that CNET had some exclusive uh, deep dives. They got to play around with it. I'm, I'm referencing a couple of articles here as we do this, and we'll be sure and drop them in the notes. But CNET had their kind of biggest uh, top five takeaways. Um, by uh, Jason Heiner, uh, who's a great tech writer um, uh, for CNET. And so he had his kind of take uh, five biggest takeaways from CES. And one of those was uh, computers and folding things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so folding definitely. things. So uh, yeah, definitely. so that was one that they had that, I mean, it really looks gorgeous. I mean, and, and I've oh, seen, I've, you know, I've seen your foldable phone now in person a few times. And, you know, unless you're holding it at exactly the right angle, that, that fold just disappears. It's oh, pretty, totally it's pretty cool. cool. And I think that's one thing a lot of reviewers said was like there was no real crease in it too for sure. Um, and 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 things to keep in mind too, guys. What really why we're excited about this is obviously we've seen folding screens now for a while, but this is actually coming. Like this is where again that joke. It's right. actually coming to market, and I think it drops in like March or something like that that people will be able to buy it, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. A little expensive. I think it's like twenty. $2,000 or something like that, $2,200 yeah. or something, which is crazy because now that makes my phone seem really expensive. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, in time. But one of the interesting things I think about the screen, you bring up the crease is everyone commented that there was no crease in it. And actually, the reason why I think is that they're using a little bit more advanced technology that they worked with LG on, and it has a thicker screen and a more sturdy screen. So there's actual pen support for it mm-hmm. so you can write on it. Which um, the the my phone you cannot use a pen you don't want a pen anywhere near that right. that, that screen you're gonna dent it for sure so it has a harder screen it has like a uh, some base layer underneath it too that adds to the 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 rigidness of it um, so I think we're getting there where you know these screens are no one's gonna be worried about am I poking it too hard you know um, and definitely we'll obviously have to get our hands on it to figure out you know can it survive the event planner's finger of doom <laughs> yeah, and the, well yeah and then yeah for we we live rugged lives they gotta. They they gotta, they gotta survive. The, um, you know, this is just another one of those things that's inching us uh, forward toward my, my, my vision of the future of display technology, where everything is just these kind of flexible, bendable sheets of display that can be tiled uh, to, you know, to basically you know, slap onto anything and make anything a display. You know, and I think mm-hmm. eventually we're gonna go away from uh, projection entirely because anything we could just, you know. How big do you need the screen? Okay, grab uh, 37 tiles by uh, 50, and uh, we'll slap them together, and there you go. Well, you bring up a good point. The wall was another big feature from Samsung, which was mm-hmm. their kind of basically their LED screen, and it was point, uh, you know, flexing something like a point zero 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 three per pitch rate. It was just like insanely like such a high resolution screen and people were comparing it to TVs and that's like an LED screen. Like, yeah, we're, I, oh my gosh, projection, projections, uh, very quickly losing a battle, you know, granted that wall TV was like, I think for a 75 inch TV, it was something like outrageous couple thousand dollars. So we're still getting there, but, <laughs> um, yeah, LED screens are coming fast and improving and all. And because I think that's great about this is it used to be LED screens were just in like the events industry and people buying panels. Right. But if it makes it more to the consumer, it means these manufacturers like Samsung, LG, all these things are going to work on processes to do this at scale larger. Exactly. And, and let's be honest, the, the all, to all the LED screen manufacturers that email me every day, trying to let me buy panels, um, you, um, are not going to be able to compete with with Samsung and LG in terms of scales of production. And when they hit it and LG and Samsung become the LED screen providers, that's when we're going to see, I think, in the industry also a drop in LED screen prices too. 
and these micro LEDs displays are just supposed to be ridiculous. Oh, yeah. That the you know the, the pixels are so close together that it is really close to to being uh, what is essentially you know a, a regular TV um, as opposed to being an LED wall uh, of yeah. some kind where you kind of need to be back a ways uh, in order to for it to really to, to really function. Definitely a lot of display technology on 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 display mm -hmm. um, at uh, at CES this year. The wall, yeah, several of these types of you know micro LED type. Uh, uh, TVs were on display, a bunch of different manufacturers showing them off. Um, also heard uh, amazing things about the, um, uh, like the 8K bezel-less television oh, uh, that was there. I'm trying curved. to think which one that one, uh, who was making that one. Um, but that was, yeah, that was Samsung, Samsung. Ridiculous. Was that Samsung that did that yeah, one too? Yeah, yeah, Samsung yeah. is just killing it with the displays. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Well, it's funny, uh, you talk about 8K, um, and I'm not, that person, this, this person's name will be protected to remain innocent, but I saw a, a, a tweet out there that said, oh my gosh, it was on the TV, but it was a projector, it said, oh my gosh, look at these 8K projectors, event planners absolutely need this, <laughs> and I just lost it, and just laughed so hard, and I'm like, planners haven't even adopted 4K yet, like, like, I get right, asked it right. every once in a while, but it's so expensive to be able to do. And, you know, the quality of projectors that people need in general sessions is now 8K. Planners, we're saying it right now. Do not worry about 8K. This is so far off. Like, this is 4K. Like, 4K is not full adopted yet. <laughs> I mean, people that were there were saying that this this 8K bezel-less uh, TV was just, I mean, it just looked like a window. I mean, so they were watching, like, a soccer game, you know, transmission on it. And they said there was, like, no blur. Uh, you know, wow. as the ball was getting kicked around, that it just, just absolutely looks incredibly crisp and amazing. And was it 8K content or was it yeah, upscale? Yeah, it was 8K, like, 8K oh, content, uh, yeah, being displayed on an 8K bezel-less <laughs> TV. So, yeah. so it basically looked like a window. Um, and, you know, so there's been some discussion about that as well, that, you know, as we start to get these incredibly high-resolution TVs, at some point it's just not going to matter. Like, they're not going to be 16K because our eyes can only go so far. Totally. Um, it's just going to look like reality. And so, but then when you've got those kinds of things, and I guess this newer, like, QLED technology um, doesn't burn in, you'll be able to just leave them on all the mm -hmm. time. So you could really literally have, like, works of art or pictures of your family or use it as, like, a smart, you know, hub uh, where you've got the weather and all that kind of stuff, or change it to look like a window, you know. Where, so you so know, my parents will be able to have MSNBC on all day long and not burn yeah. it into their OLED TV and have exactly. an MSNBC logo at the bottom right. Okay, exactly. Cool. Yep. So, so that's lots why I just of, my parents out. <laughs> that's all right. It happens from time to time. So lots and lots and lots of of advancements in display technology, but still kind of incremental. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're just we're we're packing more pixels in. We're making them brighter. Um, the real, uh, you know, kind of innovation is happening with these foldy things. You know, we're, we're seeing more and more uh, folding devices uh, on the show floor now, whether it's the laptops or the phones and, you know, the vertical fold or the sideways fold. And does it fold in or does it fold out? And, you know, all <laughs> these kinds of things. Lots of good stuff. Um, something that I think uh, keep in mind, too, as we talk about like laptops and things like that, that fold, um, we're still a little bit far behind, I think, in the software to support them. So like the Lenovo one's still running traditional Windows 10. Um, and But when, uh, Microsoft has promised that they're developing Windows 10 X, which is supposed to be what's going to work with their Neos and Duo devices and really be designed purely for these folding devices. It's not out yet. So uh, if you are interested in that folding device, I've heard a lot of people say it's a cool device, but wait for Windows 10X, which apparently is going to come a little bit later this year, maybe midway through this year, the Windows 10X version of the ThinkPad. So just stay tuned for that one, which is optimized for the, the folding screen and dual screen devices. 
Man, I was just I was just listening to uh, one of my uh, podcasts uh, that that focuses on Windows, and they're saying so Microsoft just kind of quietly released a beta of a new launcher for Android um, that people oh. are speculating is going to be what's on those Android devices when they finally come out. Like it seems to be particularly optimized for landscape view. So when you envision like mm. opening up, you know, one of those foldable devices, and you've got that, you know, more tablety landscape view. Um, you know, that traditionally has been kind of a pain point for Android devices, uh, that it just doesn't scale real well, doesn't look really great. The home screen's kind of weird and messed up um, when you rotate, uh, you know, 90 degrees. So people are kind of speculating that this is, you know, them starting to beta test what that new Android launcher is going to look like. Uh, interesting. I mean, I'm looking at this article, too, and this is mm. really, really interesting. Um, good find. We'll link that down <laughs> in below because this is really, really cool. I have to re reach up, research up on this because I've been definitely switching a lot over to, like, now I'm officially all edge thanks to Brant for converting <laughs> me. So um, it's very, very cool. Yeah, that's probably worth mentioning. I know we're talking mainly about CES today, but I think it's worth dropping in um, that you and I both have been starting to use the Microsoft Edge browser uh, a lot more, which is Microsoft's Chromium-based browser. So they based, they're basically further deprecating uh, Internet Explorer and then Edge, which only came out a couple of years ago, uh, to this new Chromium-based browser. So it's going to be like Chrome, uh, only less googly. Uh, is probably the easiest way the easiest way to do it. I've been really liking it. I, I've been on yeah. it since the beta, and it's been real solid because it's based on Chrome mm -hmm. and uh, the open source version of Chrome. And then they're, they're, they're really starting to take a good look at it uh, privacy-wise and what you can turn on and what you can turn off. Um, uh, so I've been, uh, yeah, I've been enjoying that. And it's, and it's official now too. As of it is, yeah. yesterday, um, now it is um, the the official. It's reached like the standard build, and apparently in the next coming weeks, uh, Microsoft's going to push out a Windows update, so everybody gets the Chromium version of Edge, mm -hmm. and you get that fancy new green and blue logo. And that's how you'll know you have to have the Chromium version versus the traditional version. Is you'll see this new kind of really coolly designed. It almost has this Firefox esque kind of look yeah. to it in some ways. And simultaneously, and, and then I promise we'll get back to see. Simultaneously, they pushed out an update to their Edge browser for Android as well um, that, that gives it a lot of the same kind of look and feel. Um, and I think that might actually be kind of Chrome under the hood as well. Um, but it's a, it's a nice little browser for your uh, for your phone as well. The one thing, though, and we've talked about this a couple times between us is there, and it's on their list because it's literally in the features list. You just can't enable it is syncing extensions across computers. Yeah, like yeah. That's the hardest part is like I'll be like, oh, I set up all my extensions on my laptop. Then I'll move Chrome and onto my desktop, and I'm like, you're kidding me, right? Like I gotta re-download all my extensions <laughs> yep. and re-log in. Ah. Yeah, yeah, and I'm making the move over to the stable channel too. So that's that's I'm gonna have that's to even further off for you now exactly. too. Yeah, I'm on the what do we say the dev version the that dev, it gets updated yeah. every day. Yeah. <laughs> well, dev is like every week and Canary is every day. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I, oh, I'm on Canary now. I'm on yeah. Canary now. So I, I just want syncing extensions. So bad. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, back right, to CES. Back, yeah, back to CES. But let's let's continue in the hardware world. I mean, the other thing, in addition to the robot. Um, the other thing that everyone seemed to be writing about was this Samsung Pro Chromebook, yep, um, yep. which apparently is just this gorgeous red, high-end, beautiful display, you know, tons of memory, fast processor Chromebook uh, from Samsung. Oh, and I'm, 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 it's interesting because people said that it's probably like the... Chrome, what, Google came out with the Chromebook Pro, was that what well, it was called? It was the Pixel, I think. Or that was the Pixel, yeah, 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 the Pixel, Pixel Book. So this is like the sequel to it, and like high-end hardware, like the same stuff you get in a normal laptop, and but running Chrome OS, and yeah. 
people are saying it's it's really looking hot. Is this a you mean you were living in Chromebook world for a while and considering it? Is this something that you think is interesting and you'd consider buying? Yeah, I was just going to shout back to that. I mean, we've we've had discussions on this on this podcast about kind of our our hardware journeys, and part of my hardware journey is I did try to go Chromebook. I mean, and I got one of these higher end Samsung Pros, and I loved it. It was great for 98% of what I needed it to do, it did it fantastically. Um, but for me personally, I had to trade it in because, um, you know, long story short, because Chrome has everything in these tabs, each one of those tabs is a separate instance, basically, of the browser, not to get too nerdy about it, but basically just know that tabs don't communicate to each other very well, intentionally so. So that it's, you know, it's a security thing. And so if you wanted to open up a PowerPoint in one tab and then open up a separate PowerPoint in a different tab to try and combine those, you can't is the, the long and the short. So for the average planner who's just living in a spreadsheet, uh, whether that's Excel or Smartsheets or you're actually doing stuff in Showflow or, you know, some of these other tools and you're doing your registration, uh, you know, on the web and, you know, you're not vi editing video and you're not doing a whole, you know, these days actually you get some pretty decent uh, photo editors in the browser. Mm -hmm. um, it's great. If that's your if that's your life and that's your workflow, I could highly recommend one of these. And they start getting a little slow. You just blow it out. It's ready to go. It reloads all your extensions, and you're like up and running again 15 minutes later, less than. It's like two minutes later. Mm -hmm. um, so for the average person, the average planner, I, I highly can recommend Chromebooks compared to, you know, full blown operating systems like Mac OS and and Windows at this totally. point. Yeah, what? if you if you if you're in Chrome all the time, do it. Do it yeah. 100%. Yeah. If you're not though, if you are a video editor and you're having to cobble stuff together on site, um, or like, you know, Will and me when we we get handed a, a thumb drive full of PowerPoints and we have to, you know, build a master deck for the show, that's you can't do it. You just can't do it in there. It's great if you're just popping open, you know, a single PowerPoint to check it out um, and then close it again. Or, you know, you want to pop them all open so you can, you know, look at them. You just can't be you can't easily move slides from one to the other um, uh, in on that operating system. So long story yeah. longer. It sounds like a great device. It sounds like an amazing device. And, it, uh, you know, I know people that, you know, unlike, unlike we've seen with iPads and things like that, I know a lot of people who actually can and do all of their work on a Chromebook uh, effectively. I think one of the things, too, is the Chromebook needs to be kind of like the default one. And honestly, for employers, too, just to say, like, I'm going to give you this device. And then when you can't, you do the thing you need to, you come back to me because I think the problem is most of the time everyone just overthinks how much they actually need to use something until they don't have it. And they go, oh, wow, I actually don't need that anymore. Okay, that's a, actually, that was a stupid feature. Why am I using that? But like, I think far too often we default to like, let's give them the uh, Dell full Windows laptop. But reality, they're just using Chrome. But the best thing I think about those Chromebooks are so secure. I mean, there's yep. because it's only Chrome and Google's really has a niche down on what goes in that Chrome store. It's... It's pretty powerful to keep make sure that your devices are secure, which I think we have to focus on, obviously. But it, in the thing, if you do need more power, we're going to tease a little bit for the future. Yes, um, yes. We might have an episode coming about a new device that Will's been using <laughs> um, that I the think is going to make... The journey uh, yeah. continues. 
The journey continues for Will to find the perfect hardware device and also just Will being a super bleeding edge person. Um, but uh, we have a device that we're going to talk about probably in our next episode. So stay tuned for that one. If you are looking for just a little bit more than a Chromebook, but you're looking for the, all that all day battery life, super thin device, super secure, we got something coming for you guys real soon. Nice. Uh, I think that's effective tease. So what's what else is on your list of things that popped out to you uh, uh, at CES this year? Yeah, so on the hardware side of things, one of my favorite things that I saw was this uh, Hi-Chi Infinite touchscreen projector. And we've kind of seen devices like this, but this was really a solid version of it. Um, it's basically a little projector that you can put on a table and it projects down onto the table a screen that you can touch. Um, I think this is really cool because, again, just pulling people away from having to use computers and things like that, it just provides another input for everybody. I don't know if it's going to get necessarily brought all the way out, but you know, wouldn't it be cool that, um, you know, let's say, for example, you have this projector for a dinner, and this is just like you want to have a futuristic, bleeding-edge-looking gala dinner. You put this projector on it, and then it says, like, here's all your food options. And then they tap it and put in their order on it, and then the plate comes down and layers on top of it, and you know, maybe you can do some slight projection mapping and things like that. I just think it's really, really cool to show that these little neat kind of technologies of how can we change input for interaction with computers is pretty cool. Exactly. That was another one of uh, Jason Heiner's uh, top five things, takeaways uh, from CNET was um, things getting more touchy, uh, you know, less techy, a little bit more subtle. And so one of the examples that he threw was this kind of like wooden display uh, that they're using, um, uh, if I remember right, kind of the sound wave technology, like the ultra haptic stuff that I've had in my presentations for a few years now, where they're using sound waves to make things feel like buttons that don't actually exist. Um, which is pretty cool tech. So basically it's like a slab of wood with all these, you know, kind of artificial buttons so cool. on them. And so, yeah, it's, it's kind of the buttonless phone is he's saying the buttonless phone is closer than we think because this tech can make it feel like you're touching a button when it doesn't actually exist. So yeah, touching things, touch surfaces, um, you know, being able to turn anything into a touch display and not, somebody else uh, was showing a very similar type of thing, only instead of being a camera, uh, think more like an infrared uh, camera type thing and you could just you could basically turn anything into a keyboard it didn't project anything we've had those kinds mm. of things uh for for a few years now where it kind of projects a little virtual laser keyboard. keyboard yeah exactly so this is just it's just there like you just reach your hands out and start typing as if you were typing on a keyboard and it reads those uh movements and turns it into but keys. you have no visual reference exactly so what? you got to be a really good touch typer <laughs> oh god, I'm so bad too. I'm like two finger type. I'm the right, fastest two right, finger right. typer I think anyone's ever met. That I would probably fail at. But that it's an amazing time. idea, though, right? This idea yeah. that you could just reach out into the into nothing and start typing on nothing and have it be recognized. Well, it's moving into this like gesture world we right. live in now too, where like, for example, the Google phone's like, hey, we wanna make it so you can like swipe up and swipe down without touching the phone. I mean, like we're eventually gonna get to this day and age, I think where gestures are gonna become more important than physical touch this button here, but we just have natural inclination. Like right now we all know like the X at the top right means to close, right? Mm -hmm. Now everyone I think knows what the hamburger menu is, the three dots, but like what if like, for example, I don't know, like I'm, um, and it's like you closing your fist means to close a window and that becomes like the universal gesture to close a window. Well, for sure, cameras are all going to sound low, like close window means close fist or something like right. that. I think that's definitely going to come down down the road as well. When you shake um, your fist at it, it pops up the uh, the link to customer support. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. There you go. I love it. I love it. Um, another p quick piece of technology. This one's going to, uh, has nothing to do with events industry, but if you get a chance, I don't know if Brandon even saw it. Did you see the future door that LG did? 
I don't know. I, I'm going to tease it. Future Google, door. Like the door. Just Google LG door at CES. Right. And they also had a mirror that they did as well. Um, but long story short, it's the door of the future. I don't think it's warranted to talk about it on this episode. But LG basically demos thing. You're not going to be able to buy it. But it feels like it's in, from a science fiction movie. The coolest thing, though, is on the back side of your front door, you have this big glass mirror that has a display that shows you like where all your lights are on. And it also shows your incoming deliveries and like the status. Oh, it's so cool. Uh, but that's like an example of something I think that got no coverage mm. because it's not coming. And honestly, I think that it's going to be one of those devices that might be like twenty, thirty thousand dollars when you install in your house, but is purely the future and also rethinks how we interact with our front door. Um, so take a look at that. Super duper cool. Um, yeah, Google LG Future Door or CES Door, or and they also had a mirror that they did something where you could like scan your body and it allowed you to try on clothes <laughs> virtually, um, which was really cool too. But yeah, that's coming further down the line. So, anyways, um, well, that what again, about you? That what, again, though, what, is that advancement in display technology where things are getting so thin, and you know, between that and cameras, you can basically you'll be able to turn anything into a display or a mirror mm -hmm. or you know, all of those kinds of things. I, I'm not able to find it because all I can find are are, are smart <laughs> fridge where like you could look at the door and it would show you what's inside the fridge. So I'm, just, yeah. I'm probably just not hitting the right particular search words. Uh, I got that. you. I will. Uh, yeah, I will we'll, uh, we'll link it, it down we'll below. It show. <laughs> we'll drop it in the show notes. Uh, awesome. All right. Well, Brent, what what else do you got that you uh, really enjoyed at CES? Well, some of the other, some of the other. This was another one that didn't get a lot of noise, but blew my mind and does have a direct uh, link to to meeting and events industry. Is that Delta uh, was the first airline to ever have a booth presence at CES, and so and and they went all in. I mean, they had like main stage keynotes, and they were showing off a, a partnership with uh, what they're calling parallel reality signage and this just looks amazing and the fact that you can even see it in like you know sometimes this stuff only works as like a visual trick and you can't really record it with cameras um and uh you know i, I saw camera footage of this and so what it is is depending on I'll see if I can do this succinctly. Uh, basically, you walked into the room and it would scan your face so it was able to recognize you it would then use little cameras in the space to track where you were in the space. And then it would customize the signage in the space to you so that no matter where you were standing in the space, you saw your custom information. What? But no matter where the other people were in the space, they would only see their information. And so it was wow. this like crazy like light bouncing technology that they're using to basically display only your information to you no matter where you were in your space. And so they showed like the camera panning behind the three people that were standing in the space. And you could see it just kind of shift from like this person's information to that person's information to that person's information as you went around behind them. Really cool. cool looking technology. And so, of course, what they're thinking wow. of is that, you know, when you walk into the Delta Lounge or whatever, it recognizes you because they've already got your biometrics because Delta has been way out ahead on that. They're, they're doing, they were doing face recognition, fingerprinting and stuff really early on. And it would go, you know, hello, Mr. Kruger, your flight is 1787, is, you know, on time and departs from gate G3. But as someone who's literally right behind me looks at the exact same sign, they would see something totally different about their flight information. The other thing that they were showing off is that it could be in different languages, right? So, you know, trivially, you know, you're, you think of an international airport, right? 
if you know all of the information signs could theoretically be in all of the languages depending on who's yeah. walking by which is just an amazing mind-bending technology that again got cool. like no coverage that i saw yeah so cool I love it because I mean like a lot of times too, it's the consumer electronic show. So a lot of people when they see technologies that aren't that I can't put in my house right, or what right. I use, I think a lot of people are just like, man, whatever. But there's a lot of like, you know, uh, you know, corporate and, you know, uh, business applications for a lot of this stuff. And man, that's a great example of one. And that's so freaking cool. Like, and you definitely have to see like the pictures of it. I mean, it's not like the most high resolution screen no, it looks it's like. early days. But yeah. it. But it's like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's more high resolution than my first phone <laughs> that took pictures on, you know, one megapixel camera. Yeah, now extrapolate that camera. out and put it into a trade show floor, right? So as you walk in the door, you know, it's it's checking your agenda and saying, you know, hey, your first hosted buyer appointment is at, you know, 531. You're not having to mm -hmm. pull out your phone. Um, you know, you know, it says, you know, go five aisles to the left and then take a right, you know, that kind of thing. It's it really, there's that. a lot of potential there in that kind of directed signage technology. Such minority report too, because they did the thing where like the screens change based <laughs> right. on you're walking by and like he was getting a personalized ad experience based on it. I mean, geez, this is cool. Very, <laughs> very cool. Good find brand. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Whew. Wow. What are, what are, what are the crazy stuff that you got? Um, when it comes to all this. Well, so yeah, there stuff. is. We've got to quite the list and we should probably start to wrap it up here. But, you know, other big trends, 5G everything. You know, you and I have been talking a yeah. lot about 5G. Mm -hmm. So now here comes the hype machine, baby. We start ramping it up. <laughs> it's like everything is going to have 5G. In Every it. laptop has 5G. Yep. It was like a lot of like router, home routers that have 5G modems built into it. So the idea, like if you had 5G node right outside your house, you'd be able to get, you know, fast internet that way. But like every manufacturer is doing it. But like, Again, like just the cell coverage just isn't quite there yet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so that was that was one of the big ones. Is five G everywhere? Um, I'm trying to think of what some of the other stuff that Heiner had. Uh, lots of health things, you know, little mm -hmm. sensors and things like that. One of the better well, articles that I read it was it was a long one. So it's it's if you're into long reads by Stephen Sanofsky. Uh, who's uh, one, one of the big names in tech, right? Um, uh, is uh, He did an article on Medium that we'll drop into the show notes that basically used a really great analogy uh, that I liked, that, that CES is like the primordial soup of innovation. And so, you know, like we touched on earlier, a lot of this stuff isn't going to come to fruition, but you can start to see trends bubbling up. You can start to see things coalescing and coming together. You know, I think it's fascinating that we've seen a continued march in display technology, right? So that means that's, that's probably, you know, going to continue marching down the way. The fact that we're seeing a lot of these health devices bubbling up means that's going to probably continue to be one of the larger trends over the course of the next few years. And then two years in a row, one of the other top stories is the is impossible, right? So, you know, here we are again, that's talking about food instead of tech you know obviously there's tech involved <laughs> but you know so so this year uh they were you know last year there was too much fanfare and now i've had a few and they're quite tasty the impossible burgers mm -hmm. um they've now released impossible pork um uh, in an attempt to try and uh, replace that as well a lot of good reviews so far too people saying yeah it tastes like pork it's looking good to go it has the texture of pork uh, it's rocking and i think probably the most exciting part and I, yeah i'm same way i've been uh replacing uh i i actually now try to so search out burger places that have impossible burger and i'll go get an impossible mm -hmm. burger um, but um, excitingly enough, I mean, pork is exciting because that means there's all these new possibilities with, por with pork. But, man, I'm excited for what they said is going to come next, which is impossible bacon. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. If, like, they, if you can nail bacon, 
Ah, then we live in the future indeed. The future is there. The future is there. So impossible bacon's coming down the line. Well, also speaking about the future Mm. coming down the line, uh, Samsung's Neon was one of the big news is kind of coming out of it. I think a little bit of a hype machine, but these digital avatars they kind of came out with where they pre-record responses. So now your Google assistants are going to have a more human reaction, uh, interaction with it. And uh, they do use kind of a little bit of like a deep fake technology that allows you to basically their faces will be able to move and kind of respond to you. But that our assistants are going to move from being just voices and gosh, their voices sound so real Mm. nowadays when they answer me, but now we're going to have actual faces attached to it. We're getting to Blade Runner technology levels right now. I mean, it's coming for sure. So if you get a chance, check out uh, Samsung's neon. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, just like we saw voice assistants come to events, I have a feeling we're probably going to see some like neon level digital avatar assistance coming to events real soon. Yeah, I mean, you already think about what we're doing with chatbots and the, you know, the effectiveness that you can have with those, you know, now just start layering that over, you know, an avatar uh, using the same kind of technology, you know, not going to be able to answer every question, but you can imagine it then going, you know what, I don't know the answer to that. Hold on, let me check with my colleague. And, you know, mm-hmm. and then it, you know, boots you through to a real life person who could be, you know, in an office somewhere or, you know, remote or they're on site or, you know, like, hey, I can't answer that for you. Stop by the registration desk and they'll be able to help you. But then that device, you know, that 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 system would be able to ping the reg desk and say, hey, someone's heading your way with question X that I didn't know the answer to. And just like with <laughs> chatbots, you'd be able to then program it in and be like, so the next person that comes along actually has the answer. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm really excited for that. Um, and then I think I think that pretty much covers a lot of what we wanted to talk about when it comes to CES uh, 2020. It sounds like an overall good show. Good, good, good. Some good stuff. Yeah, I, I always hear like really mixed reviews from folks that like it's, you know, it's brutal, you know, and you get the you get the con cough afterwards. And uh, because it's so much, you know, it's whatever it's it's like thousands and thousands and thousands of booths spread out over multiple convention centers in Vegas. And so it's if you don't have to be there, it's better to let someone else report <laughs> on it. The only other thing that I kind of had in, in my list um, uh, was that uh, Toyota uh, was promoting a kind of a prototype community of the future, uh, which sounds an awful lot like Epcot was supposed to be. <laughs> um, but it's, again, this kind of idea of like uh, that they're going to actually build uh, kind of an experimental laboratory of future tech uh, that's going to include like self-driving vehicles and hydrogen cells and robots and smart homes, all uh, f- uh, for, t- for Toyota uh, to, to play around with. I hope they like open up those cities for like venues, so you can be like, "I'm gonna rent out the city for my oh, next conference." Oh, that would be cool. And I get to be like, Ooh, go to the go to the uh, go to the uh, the the tech city to, 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 to try things. Toyota out. City. Yeah, <laughs> oh, we're going to I Toyota love, City I'll... on the foot of Mount Fuji. <laughs> I love it. It is. I'm not even <laughs> yeah, it's on yeah. The, yeah, I know. I just that's why I laughed. I was like, "You're right. It is at the at the foot of yeah, Mount Fuji." Yeah. Um, I wanted to give two plugs to. Um, uh, non-tech related stuff. If you aren't interested in the coverage that we had for CES, not related to tech, some of the more controversial, two controversial things that happened at CES, make sure to go check out our other podcast, Event Brew, um, as well at eventbrew.com, because we talk about two um, really big things that happened and how it relates to that conference directly. Um, we're obviously, we're the tech guys, and mm. it's funny, they, the Event Brew guys were like, let's talk about all the gadgets and stuff, and I was like, nope, you don't get that. That's what Event Tech's all about. <laughs> well, do you want to tease the topics <laughs> of what, what, what those were? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so one of them was uh, Westworld. Uh, this HBO show did an activation about uh, where they had basically a hyper-personalization where they knew everything about every attendee that came in. And they would walk up to you and they didn't, you didn't know who they were and they knew everything about you. They knew your girlfriend's name, your dog's name. And they like it was so scripted and well done that people at first thought these people were people they forgot about that they, they met before that they just forgot about and that was nuts um so th- we talk about privacy and its role within events with hyper personalization mm-hmm. which is really cool and the other one too was huge news coming out of ces and leading the hashtag boycott ces mm-hmm. topic was uh, ivanka trump's uh appearance uh, as a presenter um and whether uh politics aside whether it was a good fit for within the conference and we talk about controversial speakers and manals and all the things that have been plaguing ces these last couple years so go definitely go check those out eventbrew.com rock on rock on all right well that does it for us this wrap up of the 2020 ces if we missed something do 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 let us know hashtag event tech podcast on all the socials and uh tell us what you know some of the other deep finds uh, that are there that's one of the fun things that i do enjoy is is when you whenever you talk to someone about ces it seems like there's always one thing that they read about or saw that you didn't and so it's because it is such a massive show so let us know what did we miss what was the one thing uh that's going to impact meetings and events that we did not see and do that again hashtag event tech podcast or you can send us an email event tech podcast at hello endless.com well well thank you so much for joining me thank you so much for uh, having me digging it as always and thank you all for listening out there we really appreciate it be sure and check us out at eventtechpodcast.com there you're going to see all the show notes the links to all the resources that are there the transcripts links to subscribe to your favorite podcast apps whether that's Spotify Apple Podcasts Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts all the casts of the pods and the casts and the potting of the casts uh, that are out there all of those various ones <laughs> are there be sure and check those out as well if there's a service that you want us to be on that we're not on please do let us know and as always let us know uh, what you think of the show what kind of topics you want us to cover uh, what are we doing right what are we doing wrong leave those reviews on those various podcast platforms so that folks can find the show and uh, if we do uh, something that doesn't deserve the five stars please do let us know again at those same places hashtag event tech podcast event tech podcast at helloendless.com thank you so much for joining us we'll see you next time on the event tech podcast the event tech podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.